Welcome to the Be Healed Podcast, where we aim to build your faith in the Word of God to receive healing. I'm your host, Steve Hannett, and I can boldly tell you that God not only wants to heal you, but He's also completed all the work for it to be provided in your life. This episode, episode number 27, is going to cover the answer to the question, How can I experience freedom from guilt and shame? It's something that just about every one of us gets attacked with and something we are absolutely, through the gospel of Jesus Christ, meant to live free from. Now, I want to tell you, if this is your first time with the Be Healed podcast, I want to welcome you and I want to encourage you to follow the podcast so you won't miss future episodes. And always think about your friends and neighbors and co-workers who may benefit from this teaching uh, so they too can receive the grace the love, the power of God, and also for them to receive the promises to be healed. Now, also, I'd like to encourage you to visit my website at stevehannett.com to learn what our ministry, Every House, is doing and access some other resources that will bless your life. And make sure you text HEALING to 94000. You can do that right now. Text HEALING to 94000. Grab your phone, just text HEALING to 94000, and you'll receive a free gift which is a chapter from my most recent book, Unleashing Heaven's Breath, which is going to bless you on your healing journey. All right, get ready to grab your Bible, your notebook, and get ready to break free from guilt and shame as we listen to this teaching from the Word of God. Without question, one of the greatest bondages that every one of us needs to break free from and to be healed from is the bondage of guilt and shame. From the very first sin of Adam and Eve, Human beings reacted to their falling into sin by hiding themselves from God. Listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, speaking about Adam and Eve, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This was after they fell. The first thing that we often do when we fall into sin is we go and hide. We run away from God. We have this consciousness, this awareness that we have broken fellowship. We have broken God's way. We experience shame and we try to run. We also try to do a whole lot of other things on our own strength. For example, Adam and Eve made uh, coverings with fig leaves to try to cover their shame, but it wasn't going to work. And people live in that state where they're running from God. That's why a lot of people don't want to go to church. They don't want to listen to podcasts about Jesus. They uh, won't want to read the Bible because they're hiding from God. They're running from God. And sometimes when they think about the holiness of God and we hear about the word of God and the commandments of God, it just is like pouring lemon juice into a wound. It just makes it worse because we keep thinking how terrible and how far we have fallen from the will of God. And so this very same thing is happening today. Every time the devil brings temptation to us, he is desiring for us to fall into sin. But he doesn't just care about that particular sin. He desires us to fall into sin so that we will wind up hiding from God. Now, the devil knows that our strength comes from God and that power, healing, deliverance, blessing all come from God. So, he does all he can do to prevent us from running to him, to God. So, he then devises the temptation so that we will get steeped in sin, 
And then we will be steeped in guilt and shame and try to grow farther and farther away from the Lord. So if you've been suffering under guilt and shame, you've really been suffering underneath a very well-crafted scheme of the devil to keep you from God. Not only that, but from the blessings from God. So also from healing and from the freedom of uh, the gospel that God desires for sons and daughters. So this need to break free from guilt and shame is very big. And people are suffering from this. Those who have suffered from it, and let me tell you, I am one that has suffered from it. And the devil has tried to, numerous times in my life, put such a burden upon me with such a deep consciousness of my sin. And it is a ploy. It is a deception. It is a tactic from hell to try to bind, burden, distract the children of God. And it's a torment. It's a horrible torment in people's lives. And sometimes even when we go to the word of God, we open it up and we wind up reading things that even make us feel that much more upset. So it's very common. I've spoken to many pastors, many leaders, uh, even very well-known people uh, in ministry and uh, new believers, uh, people that are just growing in God, just the whole gamut uh, seem to, at some point or another, have fallen prey to the schemes of the devil to fall into guilt and shame. And honestly, it is so difficult to receive from the Lord in this state. Uh, especially healing, because we can't really successfully resist the devil while we are in guilt and shame. We have to come to the place where we truly receive the provision of God in the word of God, despite even the feelings that we may be feeling. And this is all about being established in the good news of the gospel. The gospel literally translated means good news. It really means somebody's coming back from a battlefield and declaring, we've won the battle. It's finished. The good news is that the battle is won. And I want to tell you today that Jesus Christ on the cross has defeated your sin, has destroyed your sin, has rendered it of none effect in your life when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is our victory. Jesus Christ is the way that we break free from sin and guilt and shame. The world is trying to present a narrative to people, especially today, through the media and through many different things that somehow Christianity, uh, by some, is considered hate speech, that God's word is somehow very offensive to people because God's word is trying to call out what is sinful and call people to the will of God. But very differently than the narrative of the world would say, the Bible is doing that because it's calling people to repentance because of God's love. And it is not trying to condemn the world. God is working to save the world. In other words, to bring them to the redemptive work, the work of Jesus Christ that has already been completed for them. So God doesn't want to condemn the world. He wants to save the world. And Jesus Christ even spoke of that. He said, I did not come to condemn, but I came to save that which was lost. 
And you could find that reference in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10. So the first point that I'd like to establish, because this is a very big topic, but we're going to cover just a few things that I believe will be very, very essential and important to understand. And the first thing that I'd like to talk with you about is our worthiness. Now, I know that many of us have learned that we are completely unworthy, but I'd like to unpack that a little bit because let's think about this for a moment. We are unworthy by our own deeds. Because every one of us, as it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. Every one of us. And it is absolutely true that we could not in any way, shape, or form attain to the level of holiness and righteousness that God's standard demands. We are nowhere near the holiness of God. And so by our deeds and by the things that we've said and done in our life, even by our very nature, being born into sin, we cannot count ourselves worthy of God. So our works, our speech, our conduct in every way is really unworthy of the righteousness of God. It's unworthy of the glory of God. So it's correct that human beings are unworthy, but that must be coupled with the idea we're unworthy by our works, by our deeds. However, let me look at another side with you for a moment. Let's think through this idea that the Father gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to the world for us. Because Jesus Christ is the most valuable, highest blessing, the greatest gift in all creation. He's the highest, the top. There's nothing greater that the Father could have given to us other than His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Now, if you would think about the purchase of something or the ransom of something, what would you be willing to give for the thing that you desire to get? Well, if something is worth very little, you're not going to be willing to give very much. You're going to say, because that's worth so little, I won't give that much for it. It's kind of like what happens in many garage sales in the United States. People will sell the things that they no longer want, and they sell it for very low money because it's not worth very much. Now, if we find something of great value, something that is worth a lot to us, we all of a sudden have a different attitude and say, I am willing to spend all I have to get that because it is worth it. I desire it. I want it. And so when God looked at humanity, even though we were in sin, even though we were depraved, even though we were literally enemies of him, he desired to get back sons and daughters. And it was worth so much to him that he was willing to give his very best which is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So we may not be worth or worthy of God's holiness, His glory, of heaven, of Him based on what we've done. But in the Father's eyes, humanity is worth His Son, Jesus Christ, which means we are definitely and amazingly worth so much more 
than maybe we've ever appreciated. So when we are thinking about breaking free from guilt and shame, we have to think about the idea that I was never, ever accepted by God based on my performance before I got saved. And therefore, after I'm his son or daughter, I must realize I'm still not accepted by God because of my performance. I am loved and was loved by God before I got saved, and his love is with me now that I am saved. I was worth something so great before I got saved in his eyes, and now that I am saved, I am still worth as much to him in his eyes. This is an amazing miracle that we were and are so loved by God. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Wow, it's so powerful that the Bible is saying that he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses. You see, so the Father is loving us. He is with us. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, I thank God that we were never worthy of God by earning his love. But in God's eyes, he loved us even when we were enemies, even when we were deep in sin, even when we were children of wrath, God's love was upon us. So if God loved you before you received forgiveness, before you got cleansed from sin, how much more do you think the favor of God's love is upon you now that you've become his son and daughter through faith? That now you're his beloved. Is not his love still for you? Even when you've made mistakes, even when you've sinned, is not the love of God still working in your life? Yes, it is. So you can embrace that God loves you separate from anything you have done well or that you've made a mistake with. This means that on Monday morning, you may have been praying and abiding with God and obeying God. You may have been healing the sick and casting out demons and prophesying in his name. You may have been doing wonderful works of God, but Tuesday you wind up operating in the flesh and you didn't do a very good job. You missed the mark and you had a lot of sin on Tuesday. And then Wednesday you get your act together and, and you begin obeying God. I want to tell you that regardless of the day of the week and regardless of your performance, God's love for you is steady and solid and strong and immovable for you. 
And this leads us to the second point, that this love led Jesus Christ to drink the cup of wrath. In John 18, 11, Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? He says in Mark 14, 36, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Jesus had to endure the cup of wrath. And God loved us so much that not only did he send Jesus, but he put his wrath in a cup to give to Jesus. In other words, Jesus had to go to the cross and he had to suffer and he had to die and he took our sin. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wow. This means that God literally put the sin of humanity upon Jesus Christ, and we became the righteousness of God in him. So, if you put these points together, it becomes very powerful. We are not worthy of God, but we are worth the blood of Jesus Christ in the Father's eyes. In addition, the Father chose to put the sin of mankind into a cup of wrath to give to his Son. The Bible even goes as far as to say in Isaiah 53 verse 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. My goodness, it literally pleased the Lord to crush his son so that the Father could get us and make us clean and wash us and forgive us of sin. So when you look again at 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says that because Jesus took the sin and because he became sin, even though he himself had no sin, he took our sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Therefore, even though we fall into sin, even though we make mistakes, even though sometimes we really do things we know we should not do, God, when he looks at his sons and daughters, sees the righteousness of God upon them because they have received the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God wants us to understand that his grace, his love has enabled us to understand that we are worth in the father's eyes, the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Number two, that Jesus Christ has taken our guilt and shame and has nailed it to the cross. It has been paid for on the cross. It has been atoned for. It has been destroyed. The ordinances written against us have been destroyed. And thirdly, that when God the Father looks at us, he no longer sees our sins, but he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I want to impress upon you that if God the Father even saw one tiny, smallest iota of sin upon us when we died, we would not be able to be with him in eternity. God's cleansing of the human being, of the believer, of the one who receives God's grace through Jesus by faith is fully, completely cleansed. Now, there are some that would 
be concerned that a message like this will maybe cause people to think they can just sin, disobey God, and there won't be any consequences. I want to tell you that a true believer living by the Spirit of God, truly made new in God, truly who has received the gospel of Jesus Christ, would never have that mentality that I can get away with it. I can still sin because God still loves me. In fact, the opposite would be true. We would understand with such a great sacrifice as Jesus Christ for our sins that we would rather appreciate it and have a fearfulness of God that says, my God, because you have done such a great and mighty thing for me, because you've given Jesus, whom I do not deserve, I will live my life bowed before you. In other words, when we really understand the gift of grace, we wind up living a life of worship, gratitude, thanksgiving, and we don't want to sin. Without question, God is calling for and commanding repentance that we change our mind, and God never, never, never is soft on sin. But I'm speaking this because there are those who are sensitive in their minds, in their consciences, and God does not want us who have fallen down to be steeped in guilt and shame. Rather, we need to get up. We need to declare, thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your blood. And Lord, though I have fallen today, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for that blood of Christ to be applied to me right now. And in doing so, you are washed, you are cleansed, and God is pleased. And God is filled with joy that his sons and daughters are breaking free from guilt and shame. I want to tell you that this is going to happen by faith. Ephesians chapter 2 teaches that we're saved by grace through faith. You see, the people that receive God's promise to cleanse them and that they would no longer be underneath the consciousness of sins, that that is by faith. God wants our faith. So put your faith in the work of Jesus. At the time of this recording, we're only a week away from remembering Good Friday. And Good Friday is the time that we remember the suffering, the passion of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that day that he went to the cross. The Bible says that he was there from about 9 a.m. to about 3 p.m., and he was there suffering for us. Remember it. Be in awe of it. Give God thanksgiving and praise. Bow before him with fear and trembling that such a holy God would give such a great price to redeem us, to heal us, to forgive us. Because as you receive the gift of God on the cross, as you receive that Jesus is the one who cleanses us, the one who redeems us, the one who forgives us, you realize that there is no need to be in guilt and shame. So if you have fallen into sin, receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Receive the good news of the gospel that we are forgiven. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, in verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Go ahead and confess your sins to God because He's faithful and He's just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse us from 
all unrighteousness. This is a great day. This is a great message from the good news of Jesus Christ. God loves you. Jesus has already took the cup of wrath. And God is looking at you as if you are as righteous as Jesus because of the work of Jesus Christ giving you his righteousness. I pray you believe it, receive it, and live by it, and refuse to listen to the devil, who is called the accuser of the brethren. Refuse him. Deny him. Do not entertain the thoughts of guilt and shame. Pray. Confess your sin right now, even as this podcast is moving. Begin to lift up your hands and declare to God, I'm sorry. Lord, I need to be cleansed. I need to be forgiven. If it's your very first time, tell Jesus Christ that you believe that he is the Son of God, that you believe and receive his work on the cross, that you believe the Father raised him from the dead on the third day, and choose to follow Jesus. Receive the blood of Jesus for the payment of your sin. It's God's covenant with you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. It's God's covenant with you that he will cleanse you and make you clean. I pray that you've been encouraged. I understand the power of the suggestion of the enemy that somehow God is angry with you, but I believe that God's Holy Spirit is working something in you right now as you've heard these scriptures. Even listen to this message two, three, four, five times so that you can get it into your heart deeply and never give the enemy an opportunity. May the Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you. Again, I want to tell you, you can text HEALING to 94000 on your cell phone and you will receive a free gift from us, which is a free chapter from my most recent book, Unleashing Heaven's Breath. It's going to be a blessing to you in your healing journey. And I know as you receive the blessings of the cross, healing is breaking out in your minds, your bodies, your lives, your marriages, your families, your whole life. God bless you, and I look forward to speaking with you next time. Make sure you send any testimonies and your questions or topics that you would like covered on the Be Healed podcast to contact at everyhousenow.org. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett, and you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone, and you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless, and I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, 
simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.